Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. December, Christmas shopping upon us. Unseasonably warm, little rainy. It's just been raining all day. We're sitting here. We, we just watched three episodes of the OC and we're jacked, ready to go. So, should we dive right back in? I'd like to. Context from, from where we left off. We, so we just came off of the blaze of glory and now Alex is out of the picture and Schwartz is saying we gotta get we gotta get back into it, and we gotta bring in a shit ton of new characters. Mm-hmm. Fill and that void. Fill that void left. Olivia Wilde's off to do bigger and better things. Clearly, she's off to become like the only famous person from the OC because no one else has become famous. Well, yeah, even Seth, he's been in a couple movies, but he didn't go that big. Seth had a small role in um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. If you recall, he had a very small role in Thank You for Smoking, and he just kind of didn't do shit. And then, like, Ben Buttons McKenzie, he had a role in that new Gotham show on ABC, which was pure garbage. He's actually having a successful acting career in terms of always getting jobs. He's, I think he's also in, a, like, a police show, maybe? He was. Southland, with yeah. that guy who was also in uh, D3 Mighty Ducks. Yeah, so just crushing it in terms of making a living as a, a working actor. But. He's a working actor, but he never... No one no one went above working actor besides Olivia Wilde. She's the became, only one that exploded. Oh! F- totally forgot. The biggest star from the entire show is Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Is he season four? Yeah. He just plays this weird hippie guy named Che in season four. This is before he was even on Parks and Rec. Goddamn, I almost forgot about him being on this show. Um, Okay, so tonight, tonight's episodes we're covering are episodes 17 through 19. That includes 17, which is the Brothers Grimm. It includes 18, which is the Risky Business. And 19, which is... The Rager. So I thought we were just going to do The Rager, but then as we were sort of, you know, catching ourselves back up on uh, The Brothers Grimm and Risky Business, a lot of clips and just a lot of good stuff that I felt we should probably cover. Well, yeah, because Trey, Ryan's brother, comes on the scene. He's back. We'll get to that in depth, but there's a lot of moments with him him and uh, his relationship with Ryan, but... We figured, yeah, we'd skip through those episodes and then get to the real episode, which, spoiler alert, as you'll remember, somebody does overdose in a pool. So yeah, try to jog your memory of what uh, what episode that is. If there's if there's an episode on someone ODing, we gotta hit. Yeah, we gotta watch it. I mean, we we covered Marissa ODing in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. If there's someone who's ODing on drugs, it's, it's fucking our time to cover that. It makes for good TV. So. Let's introduce this guy, Trey, because he becomes a very critical guy. He had a pretty big career. He was in Prometheus and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. We once saw him in a magazine modeling, like doing an ad. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this guy, Trey, comes into the picture. 
Uh, interesting, funny thing about Trey is that they got a completely new guy to play him. So if you recall, in season one, Trey's only in the OC for like the first couple episodes. He steals a car and then he goes to jail. When he comes back in season two, when he's first introduced, it's literally an entire different guy. No eyebrow ring. No eyebrow ring. And he also has no muscle definition whatsoever. Bunch of bullshit. At all. Well, he might have withered away in prison. We don't know. Do you think the actor who originally played him was given a shot? It's clearly one of those things of like, hey, some some guys just didn't test for shit. And it's clear that Trey just didn't test for shit. Old Trey. And so they were like, you know what? We need to bring new Trey in. And so he comes back. He comes back from jail. Um, There was this hilarious first time we see Trey. And he comes out. And he does like a Top Gun hug with uh, with our our Maverick. Yeah, they have a they have a tense moment. Well, first of all, uh, Ryan's on the other side of the track, so he pops on the gray hoodie. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's such a <laughs> shitty look. But anytime he's going in any dicey situation, gray hoodie's on. Yeah, he puts on his uh, his chino. We'll just call it his chino outfit. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's he, got the chino outfit on. It usually consists of like. A lot of different accessories like wrist guards and neckwear um, and also just like a wife beater and then some version of a hoodie. Mm -hmm. In this one, it's just the hoodie. And then he has this Top Gun hug with Trey. When Trey first, when when Trey comes out of prison, Sandy and Ryan are going to pick him up. He comes out of prison and Ryan's there to greet him. And it's when, it's like one of ten moments we see on when Trey is in this series where it's like they go for a handshake or Ryan goes like a handshake take a beat brothers hug then they hug it in yeah Ryan's always going for a handshake and then Trey's like gives him a look of like is he gonna beat his own brother's ass and then it's like no brother hug brother hug type brother hug and I think you nailed it with the top gun because they they do this thing where and I'm pretty close with my friends I might start doing this they in the hug they like nuzzle each other's necks kind of it's like you grab them hard. You grab them really hard, and then it's like face and mouth on their neck, which is pretty intimate. I might start doing that. You kiss them a little bit, yeah, like, uh huh, kiss them, yeah. kiss them on the neck. Just let them. But know. I say Top Gun they hug. Care, yeah, like hey, I'm taking care of you. But it's Top Gun hug because you you ball up your fist and then you grab them in, and it's like <laughs> boom, brother. Sorry, I can't get too excited. Um, my dog will freak the fuck out when I get too excited. And he got real excited over that uh, over that Top Gun hug. Understandable. Understandably so. Um, yeah, it's a Top Gun hug. You, 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 you ball up your fist, and then you just grab him real hard, pull him in tight, kiss his neck a little bit, and then hot Top Gun hug. <laughs> that neck kiss. Um... Okay, another thing I want to just quickly talk about before we play a couple, uh, an upcoming clip is we have another item to add to the list of things our hero, Caleb Nickel, loves. Uh, he likes crawfish. Crawfish. So that brings our list to what I can remember. White Christmas lights. White lights. Definitely not color lights. Loves crawfish. Crawfish. He loves... Dom Perignon. Dom Perignon. Um, and then things that he doesn't love, cilantro. Hates cilantro. What else we got? That's it. So those are the things we know when we do throw our Caleb Nickel theme party. We'll have those. Yes. List uh, is growing fast. God. 
oh, I can't wait to throw a Caleb Nickel party, themed party, because we're just going to fucking kill it. So there is this quick clip. We were talking about Trey, and I want to talk about there's this clip where they are shopping. Trey, while they're shopping, Trey gets a watch for Ryan, and it's like supposed to be like a thank you, and the guy accuses him of stealing that watch. And then Trey has that classic moment of like, hey, man, I didn't steal this fucking watch. Yeah, sure. I might look like a thief because I'm in here wearing a pre-cut sleeveless and I have a small cross tattoo. Yeah. But I didn't steal it. <laughs> real quick. So real quick before we play this clip, I just want to, we were talking about it. Yeah, they started out having new Trey wear pre-cut sleevelesses. And then I think it became very apparent to just everyone in the show that this guy's never going to be jacked. He's like the weakest looking fucking, you know, criminal dude of all time. And he's got a weird ass little bitch tattoo on his arm. So they started out in pre-cut sleeveless. And then they just moved him to where he only exclusively wears that look we love, which is... Short sleeve shirts over long sleeve shirts. Layer him up. Layered it up. Layer him up to get a little bulkier. Maybe a jacket over that. Yeah. Get him, get him bulked up with some layers. Also, just don't show his actual arms. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're meant to think that he like gets in tons of fights and is Ryan's bigger brother and better at fighting. We're supposed to think that if it came down to it, Trey would beat Ryan up. Like, we are supposed to, to think that, and that's a little. So they have to hide those puny arms. Exactly. So, anyways, then there's this clip, this clip that we we briefly alluded to at the uh, at the mall. Excuse me. Can I check your bag? Why? didn't do anything wrong. Look, I saw you handling that watch before. I didn't take your damn watch. We have the right to look through your bag. Just hand it over. I see other people with bags here. I don't see you giving them a hard time. Look, he didn't take anything. Hey, just let him check through your bag. Hey, man, I'll, I'll handle this. Why you get out of my face? Send someone to the front entrance. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Don't bother. Hey, Kicks some shit and leaves. He's got some anger issues. Yeah, yeah, he might need to work some of that out. I, I just, feel like didn't get rehabilitated in prison. Might have just... I mean, that's the problem with our system, you know? Right, yeah. We still have rehabilitate. <laughs> goes to jail for two years, comes out just as angry. I mean... Yeah, I mean, what good are we even doing? What good are days? we doing? Yeah. It's the youth. It's the juvenile delinquent system. I mean... Either way, what we're, what we're meant to know, though, is that Trey still has some anger issues. And I think it's very important to paint a crisp, crisp scene for our listeners that Trey has anger issues. Because that's really going to rear its ugly head as we get to the end of season two. He's also a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, real loose. I remember, and even watching this back whenever he's on the, whenever he's on the screen, I'm always a little bit on edge. Like, I don't He could always pop off. Always fuck some shit up. Yeah. Sober Trey is like blacked out Marissa. Oh, yeah, You're yeah. You're just never, yeah. never sure what's going to happen. That's a good point. Yeah. The day could go a completely different way than what you're expecting. Which is, again, that that's, that's what we were talking about, Marissa, how she plays being drunk so well. Because it's not, the key to playing drunk is not that you're just like, you're acting like a sloppy loser all the time. It's just that you are, in fact, you are the craziest loose cannon ever. You could pop off at any moment, and Trey's doing that same thing. Um, 
I do want to get into, you know, on this podcast, I just want to, I want to step away real quick as we go through this Brothers Grimm episode where we're introduced to Trey. I, I would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a tip for the kids, for the youth. Yeah. We like to speak to the youth on this podcast. We, we, fi- we figure we have a direct pipeline to the youth of America. Mm-hmm. We can make a change. We can make, we can an, make we a just change. make an impact on people's lives, and especially with the kids. It is a lot of responsibility, but yeah. I feel like we owe it to the kids. We owe it to the kids. So, kids, I want to give my first tip, and we haven't talked about Summer and Seth yet. They're officially dating now. There's this scene where Seth comes into the room at one point, and and he's like, Summer's all pissed at him, and he doesn't know why, and he comes up to her and he's like, Okay, Summer, I've been racking my brain for the last twenty seven minutes, and I have no idea what you're pissed about because she's doing this whole thing where she's mad at him for some bullshit, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but she's mad at him and she won't tell him why. So she's like, I want you to just go think about it. The fact that you don't know why I'm mad, why I'm mad at you is actually the thing that pisses me off the most. It's a fun little game. Yeah, it is a fun game. So my, my tip for the kids is kids don't do that bullshit. If you are mad at your significant other, then just tell them what the fuck you're mad about. Saves everybody a lot of time. Communication is key, kids. Kids, communication is so fucking key. I can't even tell you how key it is, kids. I, I, it happens to me all the time where, like, I, I don't know why, why Anna's pissed at me. I do the same thing where I'm like, all right, just tell me what it is. Because I'm not following... Does that happen to you ever? Where it's like you should know what she's mad about. Yeah, but I mean not. it's part of the punishment. Well, just say what the fuck you're pissed about. <laughs> then I can easily I can apologize for it, and we can move the fuck on. I don't know, kids, just don't do that shit. Um, I do want to. I want to. I want to play this other clip. I want to zag back to uh, back off of that real quick. I just wanted to give a quick tip for the kids there, mm-hmm. but I want to zag to. Uh, this Lance and Julie thing is just blowing the fuck up. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite things that happens in the show. The Lance, Julie. Yeah. The, the, when they go to that party. Because what happens is they're, they're doing this like Newport Living launch. And last we spoke, it was this whole thing about Lance and Sandy worked out some bullshit deal or whatever to where Sandy now owns the rights of the Julie Cooper 80s porn, porn identity. And so we thought Lance was gone. Yep. But then he's not. He's not gone. Come on, Sandy. That's on you. Sandy blows it again, being a fucking terrible lawyer. And so the Lance guy comes back. Julie is throwing this party with Kirsten and that Carter guy. And they're throwing this party for the Newport Living magazine launch. Well, we have to take one quick step back. Oh. Um, Okay. Towards the beginning of this episode, Caleb comes in and handles some business. Oh, yeah. And it's like one of the best Caleb moments they're in. He finds where Lance is living. He's supposed to do the deal where he gives him, what was it, like 500 grand or something? Yeah, that's right. He gives yeah. him a bunch of money, and then Lance gives him the DVDs, and uh, I guess they're VHS tapes at this point. Yeah, and that's, then, that's And then yeah. the, the deal's over. But Caleb, the badass he is, comes into the hotel wearing all black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hijinks ensues. Yeah, and then he I think his play is he gives him a briefcase full of money. Uh, Lance gives him the DVDs. 
He gives them. He gives them that they work out a deal because Sandy's plan didn't work, and Lance still wants the money, and so they work out a deal where Caleb comes in, he hands him a briefcase of five hundred thousand dollars, and then Lance like gives him the shit, mm-hmm. and then he goes, "Okay, good doing business with you." Starts to leave, and then Caleb fucking switcher, you know, brings some thug dudes in. Yep. Thug life. Bring some thug life dudes in. And then these guys beat the shit out of, threaten to beat the shit out of Lance. And then Lance has to hand the money right back yeah. over to Caleb. It was, so. it was totally sweet. It was like, you get involved with a Caleb Nickel. Like he's a multi, maybe billionaire, at least multi-hundred millionaire real estate guy. Mm-hmm. Like you think you're going to come out of that clean? You think that Hell no. he's going to let you beat him? There's I wouldn't no fuck chance. with him. So his fateful mistake, and this is what we were talking about. Um, he has this awesome scene. He gets the money back and he gets the DVDs, but he still has these guys beat up Lance. Yeah. And then leaves. Yeah. So power move. Power move, but also a mistake because in the next scene, what you're talking about is yeah. Lance comes back with a vengeance. It's a real good level set by you. That's the good context before this scene. So then, right after that happens, then Lance is like, you know what? This guy's trying to play hardball with me and strong arm me. Lance. He's got now nothing to lose. He doesn't have the 500 grand. He doesn't own Julie's movies anymore. And he's like, fine, fuck it. You know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go to this Newport Magazine launch and just soil her name and ruin her reputation. My sweet business plan, blackmail, didn't work. But at the very least, I'm going to ruin her life. So then there's this clip of At That Party. But if you really want to know what Newport Living is all about, take a look. If I'd never had sex before, why do I feel so horny? You're turning me off. Oh my god. Julie, give me the remote. Come over here. Sorry about that, everyone. It's uh, technical difficulties. Please, everyone, uh, help themselves to a, a, a drink. Or two, uh, Lord knows, I, I'm going to. He plays the porn. Oliver, what, what would you do if you were in that situation where you have this porn that came out in the 80s and you're at this like big work launch thing, this is like a work function you're at, and you're like up on stage and you already hate public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone hates it. And you're up there, you've got like a speech that you had to memorize, and you're getting up, and you're saying thank you to everyone, and you know, a lot of hard work went into this, and I want to thank this person and that person. And right when you get up to go give that speech, all of a sudden on the huge big screen behind you, instead of your PowerPoint presentation being up there, it's just your porn from the 80s. Yeah. Everybody sees it. Everyone sees it. Then they have this great shot. Schwartz has this great shot of Lance in the background. They they zoom in on this waiter in the yeah. background. That's how he got scene. in. He was a waiter at this party. Played the Julie Cooper porn identity. Fucking hardball on hardball right there. Hardball. The nuclear option. That's just... He played all of his cards. He lost the money, but he decided to just play his cards anyways just for fun. That's just business on business crime right there. Mm-hmm. Low, heat it up, you know? I wish I had that sort of hardball tactics whenever I was in a negotiation. I usually just get steamrolled. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I go to buy a car or anything, 
I'm always, like, getting jacked up for, like, all right, I'm going to really, like, fucking leverage. I'm going to use my leverage, and I'm going to use some sweet, hardball, business negotiating tactics. Steamroll. Steamroll. And then mm, about four hours go goes by, and then I come to, and I realized I've just been fucking raped mm-hmm. through and through on every single possible negotiation point. It's pretty fun stuff. Um, okay. That was it. That was it for the Brothers Grimm. Our main thing there was just to introduce Trey. Because Trey is going to be... Some of these other characters that we've talked about, you know, they come and go. But Trey is going to be a very critical plot point moving forward. Okay, Risky Business. This is the second of the three. I want to start off Risky Business by dropping our fine sponsors in a little sooner than I have been doing in the last couple episodes. That's really, that's really good of you. Responsible. Okay, so as I as I bring back our fine sponsors way earlier this time than I have been, fuck up by me, I would like to say the MCITW this week, that is the Mercy Cooper is the worst of the week, brought to you by Wicklow Wear, that's W-I-C-K-L-O-W, Wear... <laughs> dot com. <laughs> dot com. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at WicklowWear.com. Wicklow Wear just picked up a big time sale from one of the two people sitting right in this room. That right in me? our, yep, that would be Pat, that would be Pipes, he's sitting right next to me in our podcast studio, he dropped a big fucking VL at the VL checkout. order, yep. Couldn't be happier. How did that 30% off savings feel? <laughs> so good. Felt so good. So Pat just did it. We're all doing it. 30% off. Type VL promo code at checkout. 30% off your order until December 23rd. Just crushing good deals, crushing gifts for the holidays. Okay, Merce Cooper is the worst of the week. This one is, this one was so damn easy. Marissa, I'm, I'm pretty fairly confident to say that Marissa is too fucking naive for this planet Earth that we live on. She's too naive for it. She's doing this bullshit where she keeps like forcing stuff on Trey. She's like doing this whole thing about like, well, she's not even dating Ryan. She's not dating Ryan at all, but she's doing this whole thing of like trying to throw uh, Trey like birthday parties. She's trying to take him out to dinner. She's trying to shop for apartments with him to get set up in as, as he searches for you know, safe haven after he leaves his criminal jail place. Up. Crime jail. <laughs> yeah. So it's just fucking weird as shit because it's like, Marissa, just, what do we say on this podcast? Do less. Do less, Marissa. God damn. Like, just let it be. I'm not going above and beyond always for my wife's brother. Are you? Nah. Just let it be. Like, well, her thing is she can't read between the lines. Life happens in between the lines. You don't necessarily say everything that you want to do. But Marissa's just like, oh, I think uh, I'm going to spend all this time with him. I'm going to do all this stuff. And just has no clue. I guess it happens later, but he starts developing feelings and she's just confused. And this, oh, happens, yeah. well, to, this happens to Marissa all the time where she's just like, I, I didn't mean for that to happen. Like, So it's not on me. And you're like... Marissa, read between the lines. She's the worst girlfriend of all time. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, Marissa, she's always playing this card of like, I don't understand. What the fuck? I don't understand. How are these consequences happening because of your actions, bitch? Like, she's such a dumbass. 
And so she's doing all this stuff and like, it's just weirding everyone out. Like everyone's just like, Hey Marissa, just like slow your roll. Like let him get set up. Like just relax. This isn't your job. Please relax. You okay? She fucking. You okay? She sucks, dude. Honestly, I I think we need, we, we got to get off the OC at some point soon because she's going to give me a fucking heart attack. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow. Where fuck you, Marissa. Um, this risky business. It was very clear to me that you know how like they when you would you used to watch Entourage, they would do like you would see behind the scenes of like Vince, and it would be like, okay, I'll do this one movie for the studio. Like I'll do Aquaman for the studio, and then they give me a passion project. One they, for them, one for me. One for them, one for me. I felt like that was happening with this Risky Business episode with Schwartz, where he went to Fox and he said, you know what, I'll give you your Rainy Day Women episode, I'll give you the big, like, mirror, the the scene, the kissing scene, MTV Movie Award winning mm-hmm. kissing scene from Spider-Man, but you know what, if I give you that one, you gotta give me one. And that one is Risky Business, because... Risky Business was a Tom Cruise hit in like 1983. So it was probably when Schwartz was like, that was in his wheelhouse of being one of his like, I'm in high school, I see this movie with a little nudity in it, it's young Tom Cruise. Sliding across the floor. Famous scene. He's like, I want to pay a little homage (laughs) to one of my greatest films of all time. So that's what I think is that's why they did the risky business because they were also playing music theme music throughout that episode of the OC. That was the theme music famously from Risky Business. Um, yeah, it's uh, Schwartz. I guess you're right. That was one for him. It's almost like he was getting a little restless. He just needed something to stretch his creative brain a little bit. Yeah. So I want to just th- there's not. I'm going to pass through most of Risky Business because that one was for Schwartz. It wasn't really for us. Yeah. Not much had happened. But there was one more clip I want to play. Here it is. You cold? <laughs> no, always. I do wear flannel pajamas. Is that the only point to all this misery? Is there Something's brewing, Brian. Something is brewing. That's not one of those, you know, we've talked about like, you know, you have those scenes where someone gives a look and then the slow motion and then you're asking yourself like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. That, is it on right now? There's, it's, first of all, it's definitely on. Uh, yeah. But this there's, is not one there's of those. no subtlety about this. No, this just... is one of those. Now we're starting to get into the scenes with Ryan Marissa. It's heating back up. Lindsay's gone now. Alex is out of the picture. So this is what they always do. They break up and then they get back together. Then they start to pepper these scenes in about like, oh shit. It is fucking on. But what happens every single time without fail is their moment gets ruined. Uh, They do that to like build the suspense Mm -hmm. and tension. They have a, you can't just go right into a kissing scene you have to have at least two or three failed attempts at a kiss first uh, yeah it's a 
It's with, weird. I guess that's like a TV thing. Like if me and you were about to kiss right now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't roll it out. And my phone goes off. Either a I just silence it and we just start hardcore making out, mm-hmm. or I take the call real quick and then we do the kiss and then it then it's on anyways. But in a movie or a TV show, if that little fucking moment of tension is just ruined, then it's just it's off forever. We might not kiss for another month or two. I'll tell you what, if we were about if we locked eyes and this and that music that just that just played in that clip started playing and your phone started fucking ringing as we locked eyes, I'd take that phone and throw it right out the fucking window. And I'd be like. That's hot. Let's keep kissing. Yep. And then we just start making out real hard on this podcast. Not a big deal. But you're right. What happens is they build the tension about like two or three times where they have the slow motion. They do the music and they lock eyes and it's like, oh, fuck. It is palpable. And then something happens. Phone rings. Someone walks in unexpectedly and it's kind of off. So that... I'm going to actually, when we get into the next episode, The Rager, once we get a little further into that, they have another one of those. And I'm going to play that clip as well. Because I want the listeners of the Vicarious Living Podcast, get us at, get at us at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Please do. I want the listeners to have the same sort of tension build as we're experiencing here watching the episode in the podcast studio. Okay, now... Let's get into the last one, the third one. This is where I thought, I thought in this this rager, this one was just high quality. This is just high quality episode. Yeah, I loved it. I just love the OC parties. It's been a while since we saw a classic OC party scene. Sorry, my dog is sneezing in the background. Um, It's pretty cute. It's cute and annoying as fuck. Um, Yeah, let's just describe those OC parties while we're there. What's that? Let's get let's get just let's just give a checklist of again all the tropes that you need to hit on it. First of all, the song playing. Oh, Buy it, break it, fix it, use it, check it, switch it, back up, da, 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 This it, song. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mad it, read it, switch it, date it, boom, 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 it, switch it, date it, check it, bracket, bracket, check it, bracket. Playing through everything that we're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? You don't need to imagine it. Because it's just going to be playing. Loop it back in. A loop. A lot of blow. Tons of cocaine happening at a high school party. Tons of cocaine. Cocaine uh, everywhere. Just out in the open. Yep. Uh, Three ways in bedrooms. There's got to be a three way. If it's a party at the OC, there's going to be a three way happening in somebody's bedroom. That's a given. Okay. Three ways, cocaine. Everyone shows up at that said party at once. Yeah, as if as if either A they all showed up on a party bus together, or B they 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 like they're lingering in the bushes outside and then they spring on the house. Yeah, it's just like everyone shows up and then just they all come in screaming like bloody murder and then they just start picking up lamps and throwing them and just start overturning couches. It's a party, I, man. I've never been to a party where my my whole mode was just start flipping shit. My uh, my favorite trope is the stoners on the couch. Stoners on the they couch. Br- they bring their bongs and they just sit on the couch all night, just smoking themselves comatose. <laughs> yeah, smoking themselves comatose. Dancing bikini girls. Girls who just girl in the in the OC girls just show up to parties in bikinis. Yeah, they just go for they probably like do their rounds. Like, oh, we got to hit Chad's party, and then we're dancing, and then we got to go to Mike's party, and then we're dancing, do a couple lines of blow, and then next. 
chugging brews and solo cups. That's pretty standard at all. Yeah, that actually, I think that did happen. That happened to us all the time. Girls in their cheerleader outfits and guys in their water polo uniforms. <laughs> Hilarious. This show is so self-aware that I feel like when they're putting that in there, it's like almost like, yeah, come on. We're just yeah. going to put these background characters in. You know what's happening. Yeah, that's just short. By the way, my quick tip for the kids today. Mm. This isn't something I know from experience, but just looking back at my life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> kids, you should have at least one gigantic party while your parents are out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like We've obviously, all done it. Uh, I I never did this. You never. I you probably. I think I did it once. Obviously, you're gonna get in gigantic trouble. There's yeah. no way to completely get away with it scot free. Although cops, I did get away with it scot free. Nice. <laughs> the <laughs> cops might come. Um, you're gonna get in a shitload of trouble. Probably be grounded for a while. But eventually, your parents will forgive you. So wait, is our tip for the kids have have, have, have just a, one? Have one. Have just one gigantic yeah, party. Yeah. Uh, and just invite everybody because eventually you'll be out of trouble and your parents will eventually forgive you, but you'll just be a legend. Yeah. I mean, have one kids when your parents are out of town, but don't be an idiot, you know, like don't be an idiot. Just do what, just do one and just take all the shit that comes along with it. But just know like when you're 30 and your friends are 30, they'll be like, Oh yeah. You remember that one time? Remember Scott's fucking epic party of 05? Yeah. So, well, they didn't follow that advice. The kids in the OC didn't follow our advice because they took that party a little too far. Yes, have the party, kids. Just one big one. But don't have the ecstasy flowing at that party. Yeah. Like, don't invite the don't invite the kids. If somebody brings ecstasy, just politely ask them to leave. Yeah. Don't invite the ecstasy, uh, fucking people to the party, kids. That's all. Um. Yeah. So. In this episode, Marissa's continuing to do that bullshit that we were already talking about. How she's just like, she won't let off of the Trey stuff. She keeps trying to do shit for Trey. And Ryan has rage issues. <laughs> because the family. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of clips in this podcast episode. And here's, here's another one of Ryan getting back into his uh, yelling at the ladies. <laughs> you went over to see him, didn't you? Ryan. After I asked you not to. I brought him a lava lamp. It was no big deal. Why are you doing all this? Going over to see him? Wanting to throw him a birthday party? He's your brother. Exactly. He's my brother. And if everyone had just let me handle it from the beginning, then none of this would have happened. So I'm asking you again, stop pushing it. I'm sorry. I thought... Sorry. He's got this mode where he goes into like a low growl and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> a switch, dude. He's like, he's like a fucking pit bull, man. Mm-hmm. A switch gets flipped and he just turns into like a combination of a pit bull and a Tasmanian devil. Because he's a little guy. So we learned that. Yeah. We looked up his height this, this week. <laughs> yeah, we did eight. a lot of height research. We did a lot of height research this episode. Uh, but Ryan li- listed at 5'8", which means he's coming in at like 5'5 five, five and a half. Soaking wet. But good news for him, though, is that Josh Schwartz invented these uh, high heel boots that he gets to wear that makes him 6'4", which is a nice little thing to have. Um, so, yeah, but with all that said, I don't, again, I, I can't blame Ryan. He handles it the wrong way, but I can't blame him for being pissed at Marissa because it's like, yeah, Marissa, 
I have a lot of baggage going on with my brother. He just got out of fucking jail. And I just have years and years of growing up baggage with this guy. So just back the fuck off. Like, please read between the lines. Yes. Like, yeah, he's my brother. That's the obvious surface context. But hey, the lines are, you know, here's one line. Here's the other line. In between those lines is he just got out of jail. He probably made my entire childhood shitty. He always gets me in trouble when he's around. I've got a pretty good thing going. He's just going to blow it. That's well, in between the lines. And Marissa just sees, uh, he's my brother. He's back. So she's like, oh, naturally, if my sister were here, we would want to make her feel welcome because she's part of the family. Well, the, yeah, that's that's true. It's true. And then when she's reading through those lines, she's also missing the big, bold line that's in between the regular lines, which is Ryan already told her to fucking back off nicely. He said, like, he's, he told her already to stop fucking doing this shit. So, yes, there is a bunch of in-between-the-line stuff in the white space, but there's also a big, bold black line be like, of where he already told her to fuck off. It'd be like, okay, if you had a brother, you don't have a brother, so this is fictional. Mm-hmm. Your brother, let's say he wasn't even in jail. He's just been out of town for a while. So your brother comes, he moves back to, to Cincinnati, so yeah. he's living here. Uh-huh. And he comes over to, like, a party or something, and I, and I meet him. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Your brother, I've never met him. That's wild. And you're just like... So, <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you, my brother's in town, and uh, what's his name? It's Chad. <laughs> Chad. Yeah, it's Chad. Yeah, Chad's here. Um, but Chad, Chad went to jail. Uh, Chad did some shit. Uh, he stole a car. He's kind of ostracized. He's been ostracized from my entire family, and uh, Chad's just kind of like a huge piece of shit, dude. So like, I don't really want him. I mean. You might meet, you might see him. He might pop in when we're hanging out here, but I don't really want to. What's Chad's number? I'm gonna text him. I'm having a party. No, no, it's cool. Like, um, don't don't worry about it. Like, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're trying to do. See, but like, I mean, he seems fine to me. He's your brother, so like, I'm having a party next week, and I, I mean, we should invite him. So like, right, 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 right. Again, him. again, uh, I got what you're doing. Appreciate the effort and the gesture, but my brother's a huge piece of shit. Does he need a place to live? Does he need a place to live? Like, other than the sh- skeevy apartment he's probably going to rent? In no, like, fucking... the, the place next to me just came up for rent, so, like, he could live right next door. Stop pushing it! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'll go. That's how I'll go. And then I would just start beating your ass. Mm-hmm. So now, in this same podcast episode, we made out... And we had a ton of sexual tension, and I threw your phone out the window because of said sexual tension right before we started making out. And I've beat the shit out of you for just overextending yourself with my brother from jail. Well, that was justified because I was completely ignoring everything you were saying, kind of like our our friend Marissa. Yeah. Um, There's other... There's... um, I just... I have a fun fact that I want to pop in here because I don't want to touch... There's this girl who's helping Seth in a... So Seth is still doing that that bullshit with Zach where they're trying to create their comic book, Atomic County, almost what this podcast was named. And um, there's this girl that's helping them out. Her name is Reed. And I just want to give a fun fact. Do you know that that girl was in another teen drama show? Yeah. What was it? Actually, now I have a second fun fact that I just remembered. First fun fact, she was in that teen drama show... Life as we know it. You probably never saw it. Nah. It was only on for one season. I don't know how it didn't fucking work because I loved it. 
It was on one season. I think it was on ABC. They had this theme song that was like, Sooner or later, we'll be looking back at everything. And we'll talk about it like you knew what all was happening. And someday, you might listen to... Anyway. Sounds like a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, a couple teens in Seattle crushing it. Um, so it was, that, it was that show. And she was in it. And she played a teacher that one of the students had a sexual experience with. Wow. One of the teens, they never did that. Well, actually, they did do that in the OC in season three. We won't get to it. But Taylor Townsend dabbles with the mm-hmm. Dean. <laughs> dean Hess. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, there's some teacher dabbling. Yeah, anyways, that the girl who's playing Reed also was in another teen drama where she was hooking up with a student. Classic. Nice. Classic teen trope. Um, the other thing is she is... One of the girl hockey players in, I think, D2 it was. She's a duck? She's duck. Oh, that's a great She fact. is a Gordon Bombay prodigy. She is a fucking duck. Her and then... My dog's a husky and so he howls a lot. And um, he just wants to be on this podcast. Welcome in. Meeks, come here. Come here. Come here. Okay, so then the other, the other thing... So she's one of the girls, and then remember, there's that girl who's that the goalie from Bangor, Maine, mm-hmm. and then there's the other girl who's just really like fast, and she used to be like a like a uh, ice skater. Yep. And then she's on the team. That's her. She plays her when she was younger. Oh nice. So she's a duck. Fun okay. fact. Love it. Um, okay, let's get into some more. There's that. There's this clip of we. I just want to play this one because God damn, this was just Julie Cooper giving a great line. So. There's this there's this other clip where Julie's still fucking around with this Lance thing. He won't fuck off. And so she takes a gun to his hotel room, probably Mermaid Inn. Yeah, he's definitely staying at the Mermaid Inn. Mermaid Inn is the only shitty hotel in the entire county of Orange, and that's anything, where all sketchy yeah, characters anything stay. Anything sketchy goes down there. So she brings this gun to this ho- fucking hotel room, and, she's, and then there's this scene. Listen, Jules, I don't know what you're thinking, but what the hell is that? It's a gun, genius. You use it to shoot people you want to kill. All right, Jules, here's what happened. What happened? What happened is that you humiliated me in front of my friends and family. I've been kicked out of every organization and club I belong to. My own magazine has taken me off the cover, and at home, I have a teenage daughter who sooner or later will find out that her mother was a pornographer. Let's just be reasonable here, Jules. I am being reasonable. In one night, you destroyed a life I spent almost 20 years building. So I'm here to kill you. Wait! Not bullets. No. Unfortunately. But for just a second. I wanted you to feel like your life was being taken away. That is good stuff. That was a pretty sweet move. That was a power move. That's why we love Julie, dude. Like, god damn. She just... Cause she's gonna make more clips on our podcast than anyone else because she just has these badass one-liners always that are always just like, hey, again... Don't forget it. 
I am the biggest bitch in this entire county of Orange. Do you know who loved that? Lance. Lance. That got him going. Lance is a fucking douchebag criminal, and so obviously that gave him nothing but boners. By the way, while we're on this, can we just fast forward to the whole, I guess, the whole thing with Julian Lance? What's the whole thing? They meet up at the bar. Oh, yeah. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> so, Julie does that to Lance. It kind of puts everything into perspective from him. He sees his life flash before his eyes. He realized what a piece of shit he was. Yeah. And he, I guess we don't really know his full motives, but maybe he feels remorse. What does he do? He sends all the tapes to Julie. Yeah. Um, and there's a weird mailman interaction. It, it which, will... if you watch the episode, just watch for the mailman. So, yes. He sends... He... he... Now they start to turn Lance. It's like his whole life flashes between his eyes, like he said. Yeah. And they start to turn him into like... A sympathetic character. A sympathetic character. Because now he's got no leverage. He's whatever. So then, yeah, they have him mail... He like mails her all the remaining copies of the porn identity that he has. And they just start having her and him like hanging out at dinners and stuff. Yeah, she... Well, he said he includes in the in the package... Just a note that says, meet me at this bar. And she's like, what the fuck? But then, yeah, I know what you're getting at is is that <laughs> when she gets that package, the FedEx guy who delivers it to her front door is just standing there. He's like He's waiting for a tip. Waiting for a tip. And Which I, I told you, this can't be written in the script. I think that actor just went totally off base. And yeah. They had to use that. It's way funnier to think about it that way because, yeah, I don't think it's ever been a known thing, like tipping at restaurants. Yeah, he's or, standing there with his hand basically like waving, wiggling his fingers, like, you know, making the money noise. And then she goes to close the door and then he just like, he shakes his head in his hands like, like he puts his arm up in, in, in disgust and he shakes his head like, I guess, Jesus Christ, I go, I deliver this, this stuff to this nice house and no fucking tip lady? God damn. <laughs> then he says like, or what we were asking ourselves, it's way funnier to think about that guy. He's just some like a, like rogue actor <laughs> yeah. who got some like small role. His first big break is like, I got this, I got one he's scene. He's squeezing a little more juice out of it. And he, yeah, he's just, I want to give him, if we ever do like a, a end, of the, end of the show awards for like, let's give, we should do Best that. extra. Like, yeah. End of the OC, let's give our awards, like to recap everyone who we want to give the, the biggest bitch award to. When we give the over actor of the year award, it's going to go to this fucking loser FedEx idiot. We should look up his name on IMDb and then try see if he wants to come on the pod. We, we can should get to the bottom of that. Well, that, or we can just find out his address like from his manager and then send him a bunch of like shit, <laughs> like on fire. Because like that guy needs to fuck right off. Okay. Okay, so then what were you saying? Yeah, so basically what I'm trying to get to is they have a rendezvous at a bar. Yep. Where Lance basically like apologizes. Yep. And you start to kind of feel bad for him. And then Julie's like, well, you want to get a drink? Yep. So they start to have a drink and they start to get a drunk and like start rekindling and dancing and all this stuff. I can't really remember if they officially hook up. But I just have a question for you. It was White Snake playing. White Snake's playing. It's yeah. Their song. Does Julie Cooper have any standards in terms of the men in her life? No. Listen to here's her list. Oh, okay. Here's the list of Julie's love life. Yeah. And let me know if I'm missing anybody. All right. 
in order, we got Jimmy Cooper. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. Just the fucking worst guy ever. Swindled money away from every resident in the county of Orange. Heart yeah. of gold, but just total scumbag. Piece of shit. Uh, next on the list is Luke, who is not only in high school, but <laughs> his daughter's, <laughs> daughter's ex-boyfriend. Her da- yeah, her daughter's. Uh, and then we have um, we have Caleb, yep. who is uh, evil, bona fide evil guy, and he's also like 70 years old. The, the 80-year-old of... Her ex-husband's first love's dad. Yes. Um, and then to round out the list is Lance, who uh, blackmailed her with a porn DVD and ruined her entire life. And and just so everyone knows, this doesn't stop. Because we won't get to it, like I said, but the guy, spoiler alert, that she ends up with at the end of this entire series, the whole OC at the end of season four, do you know who she ends up with? I actually don't. So let me know. Ryan's real dad. Oh, Kevin Sabo from Hercules? Hercules himself. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. love that. I, I did know that, but I forgot about it. Yeah. He's another guy who's just been in jail for like three three years that this show's been on Fox. And then all of a sudden, season four, like midway through, they just bring Hercules out of jail. And they're like, oh, this is Ryan's dad. And then obviously she just starts fucking him. If you have a pulse and you show interest in Julie Cooper, you got a pretty good shot. And if you've had some sort of taboo with anyone That's a bonus. from her past. <laughs> That's a, just a bonus. you got to be the dad of someone she knew or like the kid of your of her neighbor or like the dad of her husband, ex-husband's I feel uh, like ex-girlfriend. If that FedEx guy that delivered the package, instead of asking for a tip, was just like, hey, do you want to make out right now? She'd be like... I can't. First, she'd say, give me your entire family tree. Is there anyone? She'd be hoping that somehow they had a connection there. But then I still think she would get off on the taboo that he was their mailman and just bang him anyways. Oh, yeah, true. She He did deliver her her mail. So I guess she, he best case scenario is there some sort of relation that he has to someone in who is in her past or has lived next to her at any point. But if there's not, then yeah, then just simply delivering our mail is enough taboo for her to uh, just want to start sucking his dick. The fact that her and Volchek never had a thing is shocking. Well, maybe she draws the line at, um, I don't have sex with the guys who kill my daughter. Maybe. <laughs> That's the line draw. Maybe it is. It, the last thing I want to say about Julie Cooper, another fun fact, was listening to an interview this one time, and it was Rachel Bilson being interviewed. Might have been on like E or something. Who knows? And um, they asked her, you know, one of those lame ass bullshit interview questions. They asked her, "So who's the who's the most fun person in the cast of of the OC? Wow, who's the most such fun? a good question? Such a good question." And uh, she was like, actually, coincidentally, the most fun person in our entire cast to like hang out with, go get drunk with, anything like that, is Melinda Clark. Is that who plays Julie? Yeah. Nice. I can see her being a fun. Yeah. So she's, maybe that's why she's never become famous after the show is because just like Adam Brody playing Seth, she's just playing herself. And she's a huge bitch and she just loves to party and get drunk. There you go. Okay. Um... There, there was one more clip I want to play, and you know we we began this episode. I want to bookend this this podcast with Trey, new mm-hmm. Trey, and we began this this podcast talking about you know Trey coming back into the picture, and so I want to end it with how this this the Rager episode ends, which is Trey's getting into some shit. 
he's at his birthday party. He a bunch of people show up. Obviously, there's a lot of drugs there. If there's drugs there, Trey's gonna be involved. Mm-hmm. He starts hooking up with this girl who. By the way, the girl that he was hooking up with... What's her name? I forget. Is it it's not like Heidi or something? Does it have an H? Uh, I forget her name. Oh, Jess. Jess. Okay. Actually, it does kind of matter because she does have some storylines moving forward. That was way off. This, well, that girl, Jess. Fun. Another fun... God, I am just full of fun facts today. <laughs> That's why I have an OC podcast. Exactly. Uh, fun <laughs> fact. no accident. Yeah. Good point. It was, it was all strategic. Um, fun fact about Jess... She was the only other show I've ever seen her in was she was in that show, that movie, Dukes of Hazard, that reboot that mm-hmm. Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott did. Garbage, like 2005. And uh, she has a nude scene in that movie, but you wouldn't know that if you just watched the movie. You only know it if you bought that movie. And we're looking through the DVD menu one day randomly and then just happened to watch the deleted scenes that they didn't air in the movie. And that's where you see the Jess nude scene. That's some good digging. That's not even digging. That's just preparation. I've been doing my whole life for this podcast. It's finally paying off. Anyways, um, that clip that I want to I bookend this with on Trey is classic, classic... Atwood. Vintage. The that Jess girl ODs on ecstasy and she's lying face down in the fucking pool just floating there. Cops get called. They're like looking for someone to blame. And they're like, hey, whose fucking drugs are these? Whose drugs? Then there's this. Till I find out who supplied the drugs, I'm arresting the owner of the house. I gave him to her. I brought the drugs. Right. Sorry. Well, keep your mouth shut. I'll meet you in jail. Officer, I'm his lawyer. Right, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney before questioning, you understand? Yeah. Cuff me, 5-0. Fucking pig. Because you know what? No Atwood is going to sit here while a girl gets cuffed and taken to jail. Such a hero. Love it. Fucking hero moment out of Trey Atwood. New Trey Atwood. Here to stay and here to continue on as we fucking go through the rest of season two. That is the kind of behavior that won him this episode's MVP. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that was going to be my next question. He Who is, is the, the MVP? MVP? Great episode by Trey. Obviously, he's new. He's coming back in, so we're excited about him. Fresh off the bench. He just came off the bench. Check him in. Fucking microwave heating up quick. He gets in two fights this episode. Mm-hmm. One, he's defending Marissa. Yep. One, he's defending Seth. Yep. He forgives Ryan like three or four times, I feel like. They just man-hug it out each time. Top Gun hugs. Takes the fall for Jess. That was a hero move. I yep. personally would have just kind of not done that. Nope. I'd let that girl fucking go to jail, like, and I would take no blame for you that. You know what? We didn't win MVP. That's well, why we, we didn't do that. We didn't win MVP, but... They weren't his drugs. So she should take the blame and go for jail. Maybe she should think about the consequences for her fucking actions. Maybe she should. Don't don't bring a bunch of ecstasy to the parties, kids. Don't do that. Don't do Dumbass. it. Dumbass. All right. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. So, you know what? That's Andy's, good. Andy's the birthday boy. Andy's the birthday boy. Let's wrap it there. I want to tell 
Marissa, and all the kids out there, have a good night. And always do less. Do way less. To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.